Morning. What a beautiful testimony. Uh, Mike and Inga here now, next service. Fantastic. That was a very, very beautiful testimony. And if anything, it's a power of experiencing God's love. It begins to restore and shake and reshake um, and bring back uh, color um, in our lives. But the beautiful thing is I'm going to be speaking about love this morning. But essentially, I'm going to speak about this idea of real love. Because one of our values here at Olive Tree is love people. Now, I don't know about you, but it's very difficult to love people because people are people. (laughs) It's very hard to love people, but I think there is a way that we can love people well. But I think it's going to take us experiencing something first. I'm going to unpack what that is. But if you don't know who I am, my name is Sia. I'm very excited to share this morning. Um, My sermons are always like up in the air until five minutes before I jump on stage, which is always interesting for me because, I mean, I'm like, hey, Lord, <laughs> it's now or never. <laughs> um, uh, but I'm going to pray, and I'm going to jump right in. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you are in this building right now. We can tangibly feel your presence, Lord Jesus. It's almost as if you decided to deposit the content of heaven into this building. Father, our hearts are open, our uh, spirits are ready to receive whatever it is that you want to deposit within us, however uniquely, in Jesus' name. As we speak about loving people well, help us to really and truly, to the best of our capability, understand how deeply we are loved by you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. I have titled this preach, This is Real Love. Look at your neighbor and say, this is real love. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you remember the first time you thought that this is real love. I'm sure for most of us, it might have been like when you were in uh, high school. For me, it was when I was in grade 11. So my cousin and I have a very great relationship. Um, the one time we were all at at my grandparents' place, and back in that, oh, I'm saying back in the day, like I'm the oldest person in the room. Um, <laughs> that time, um, uh, Mixit was still a thing. You guys remember Mixit? No? So Mixit was still a thing, and obviously, like, so then we, what we did was, was like, swap phones. So then I took her phone, and I chatted with her friends on, on Mixit, and she took my phone and chatted with my friends on Mixit. So then one of her friends, um, uh, was in a mix, it was a female, obviously. So then we started talking, and there was this chemistry. <laughs> so I was like, who is this friend of yours, dear cousin? Um, so, I mean, the friend and I started, like, clicking. The chemistry was out of this world. And then, like, after, obviously, at that point, now you exchanged mixed details, and we started talking to each other on my mixed. Um, but the whole time, and that whole week, it was so beautiful. I was like, this is real love. And I'm in great labor, so obviously, surely, I didn't know anything about love is. Um, so I'm like, this is real love. I walk different. I talk different. Uh, I'm like, hey, talk to me nice. I'm in love. Um, but I had this idea of this is real love. The love that I thought that I was experiencing began to change the way that I behave. Or, bringing it more to my um, more practical point of view, um, if you have, have you ever seen a rescue dog that was absolutely beaten by its previous owner. That when an owner now who absolutely loves this dog brings it into its 
in their home, the dog has a very, very difficult time receiving that love for the longest time. It becomes fearful of people, becomes fearful of any interaction. It always stands for, um, funny enough, Ross's mom has a rescue dog, and whenever I get close, the dog just whew, shoots off. So, like, they have a difficult time receiving love from anyone that they haven't allowed to love them. But as the owner persists, consistently is just there, I will love you. And just chooses to love that dog. I will love you. And just consistently there, love. eventually the dog begins to understand what love is, I would imagine. And they think this is real love. Eventually the dog begins to warm up. The dog begins to open up. The tail begins to wag. It begins to get excited. And after uh, an exorbitant amount of time, the dog becomes a dog again. There is color in the, in the dog's eyes. It begins to be excited when people are coming around. It begins to express itself with joy. I love dogs because they have personality. Cats, not so much. Um, <laughs> but dogs have personality. But after they've experienced being loved and being loved well, if the dog had defined its love based on its former um, owner's experience, that dog will never ever choose to love anyone ever again. If this is what love is, then this is how I'm going to express love because it's how I've experienced love. But as it allows itself to experience a deeper level of love, it begins to love people better. And this morning, I mean, I've already said this already, but it is very difficult to love people. But I think that it's difficult to love people when we love them from our perspective or point of view of what love is. So if I love people based on how I experience love from my parents, I don't think that I'll love people to the best of my capability, especially now knowing that I have someone as potent loving me as God. I will never really truly love people well if I love them from the point of view of my experience of love of people. Because we don't love people well. But this morning, I want to submit and posit to us that if we allow ourselves to really and truly delve into this idea of being loved by God, we love people from that point of view, from his perspective. That kind of love begins to restore. That kind of love begins to reshape. That kind of love begins to bring color into people's eyes. That kind of love is the love that the world needs now. But we cannot get there if we do not really sit and contemplate and meditate on this idea of being truly loved by God. We say it often, we say it quickly, we say it um, as many times as you could possibly imagine, but how often do we actually really sit in this idea of being loved by God? We know that we ought to love God, but do you know how much you are loved by God? Do we know? I know for myself, I sit, I mean, even in putting this message together, I I was like, Brad, do you know how loved you are by God? And even as I'm sitting there this morning, and I'm just like trying to contemplate this idea of being loved by God, I'm feeling myself getting tearful. But I'm absolutely loved by God. I refuse to cry. I'm tired of crying in church. This is where I draw the line. <laughs> I may fail. <laughs> but have I really sat down? and thought about this idea of being absolutely loved by God. Now, 
apart from the Jesus on the cross, I could not think of a better story to display or share with us this morning um, God's love for us other than the story of Hosea. I don't know if you might know it, but Hosea at this time is a well-renowned prophet in Israel. A well-known prophet in God says this to him, which is quite confusing as you might imagine, but Hosea 1 says this, the word of the Lord came to Hosea, son of Berai, during the reigns of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and during the reign of Jeroboam, son of Jehoash, king of Israel. Wow. Um, then he says this, when the Lord began to speak through Hosea, the Lord said to him, go marry a promiscuous woman and have children with her. For like, an, for like an adulterous woman, this land is guilty of unfaithfulness to the Lord. When he says this land, he means the people of Israel. They've gone and looked for stuff, looked for love, looked for him in other things, and not just himself. So Hosea, a world-renowned prophet, without any argument, without any debate, does as instructed by God. So he married Goma, daughter of Diblaim, and he conceived and bore a son. Then the Lord said to Hosea, call him Jezreel, because I will soon punish the house of Jehu for the massacre at Jezreel, and I'll put an end to the kingdom of Israel. In that day, I will break Israel's bow in the valley of Jezreel. Gomer conceived again and gave birth to a daughter. Then the Lord said to Hosea, call her uh, lo, uh, um, which means not loved, for I will no longer show love to Israel that I should uh, that I should at all forgive them. Yet I will show love to Judah, and I will save them, not by bow, sword, or battle, or by horses or horsemen, but I, the Lord their God, will save them. After she had weaned lo Ruhema, Goma had another son. Then the Lord said, Call him lo army, which means not my people, for you are not my people, and I am not your God. Yet the Israelites would be like the sand of the seashore, which cannot be measured or counted, in the place where it was said to them, you are not my people. They'll be called children of the living God. The people of Judah and the people of Israel will come together. They will appoint one leader and will come up out of that land. For great will be the day of Jezreel. So essentially what God is saying is that, is that Israel has betrayed him as they have ever since they, they, um, they get out of Egypt, left out of, they were free from Egypt. They were supposed to devote their whole lives towards serving and living for God. But because of their mentality, they would always revert back to old thinking, old ways. Revert back to other gods, whatever. And, and it got to a point now where God is like, enough is enough. Another beautiful thing about Hosea's story that Hosea is a typological figure in the Bible, which means that he is, his story has elements of the gospel within it. So he is a type of Jesus. Now, God wouldn't just say to Hosea, go marry a prostitute for no reason. Now, after this, God curses Israel and then also says that he's going to redeem and bless Israel. So you can imagine the emotions going through God's mind um, and heart at this point. Now, in this story, you might think to yourself, oh my gosh, I am Hosea. Lord, use me. Tell me where to go and I'll go do it. But in actual fact, you and I are Israel. 
Before you and I had entered into a covenant with God, we had gone and done our own things in the same way that Israel had done their own things, served other gods, lived their own way, not submitted to the power and the will of God, not living under the potency of his love. So God in his anger, frustration, whatever, he says, go and do this thing, but there's a very, very beautiful reason. Now we can see this thing from Hosea's point of view, but what about Gomer's point of view? Imagine this person comes up to you, you're a prostitute, and someone says to you, I want to marry you. You've lived your own life, your own way, and someone says, no, 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 I want to bring you into a covenant relationship. Despite anything that you've done, I want to love you. You and I have an encounter and experience of God, lived our lives our own way, doing our own thing, and God says, I want to love you. Despite all the stuff that you may have done prior to meeting me, I want to love you. I just want to love you. Okay, but why? Why, why me? Of all the people, why me? I couldn't think of anybody else to love for you. I want to love you. So obviously, she's like, oh my gosh, sign me up, Hosea. Let's get hitched. Um, they get married, have four children. And in that Hosea one, God is still expressing his anger and frustration, but for a reason. Go read Hosea. It's actually a very, very beautiful book in the Bible. So now we jump. There's a portion of the scripture that we might have missed. They had like three children. So you can imagine they got married three years later down the line. Okay, that's like a quick childbirth situation. But three children. And then we jump to this part in their story. The Lord said to me, go show your love to your wife again. Though she is loved by another, another man and is an adulteress, love her as the Lord loves the Israelites, though they turn to other gods and love the sacred raisin cakes. So I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and about a homer and a lethic of barley. Then I told her, you are to live with me many days. You must not be a prostitute or be intimate with, with any man, and I will behave the same way toward you. For the Israelites will live many days without a king or prince, without sacrifice or sacred stones, without effort or household gods. Afterward, the Israelites will return and seek the love of their God, uh, and will return and seek the love of their God and David, their king. The Lord, sorry, I just said love. They will come, uh, tremble to the Lord and to His blessings in the last, trembling to the Lord and to, into the and to His blessings in the last days. Now, we skipped the the part like where she's gone. We're gonna ask us why did she leave? You're in a beautiful, loving marriage. Why did you leave? You can imagine that Hosea at some point comes home after walking the kids or whatever, and he is looking for his wife, and she is nowhere to be found. He, the thoughts must be running through his mind. Oh my goodness, she's gone back to her old ways. She started doing things the way that she used to. After having experienced such an undeniable Love, why would she want to leave? Hosea's perspective, however, let's look at it from Gomer's perspective. Imagine you've been a prostitute your whole life. Someone chooses to love you, have children with you, just be there and not even like bring up your past, not even torment you, but not even like, ah, you know, I'm sure I'm like number whatever. Never once bring that up. 
but just chooses to love you. At some point, you must think this is too good to be true. This is just too good to be true. He's going to leave me at some point. There's no way someone can love me so recklessly. There's no way someone can love me so unconditionally. There's no way someone can love me of all people who has done so many things. This is just too good to be true. So before he leaves me, I'll leave him. Before he turns his back on me, I'll turn my back on him. So she leaves. Goes back to her life of old. Now imagine the scene, Hosea, a world-renowned prophet, walking through the streets looking for his wife with people that may have or may not have been with his wife. I'm sorry, I'm just looking for Goma. Oh, I'm sorry, dude. I didn't know that you guys were still a thing. She said it was over. Oh, I think I saw her somewhere around there on the selling block. She is being auctioned to the highest bidder. After God says, go love her again. Now there he is. Can you imagine people raising their batons? So and so, however many or currency of that era, <laughs> I'll pay this much. I'll pay that much. Oh, and God says, buy her back. So there is was there. Whatever the highest bidder is, bids higher. Whatever the highest bidder is, bids, bids higher. Whatever the next bidder is, he bids higher. Imagine now Goma standing there watching his husband, I mean her husband, willing to pay the price to buy her back. Imagine the kind of emotions that must be going on within her. I left him. Why is he here? But Hosea, yes, in obedience to God, but absolutely in, the, in loving his wife, was willing to pay the price. Whatever the price might have been, he was willing to pay the price to buy her back again. Someone that was already his. Do you see the correlation? You and I are Israel. You and I are Gomer. We were already God's creation. We were already his, yet we chose to live our lives our own way. So he sent his son to die on the cross for us. He said, whatever the price, I'll pay it. Because I love them that much. Whatever the price, I'll pay it. And even when we choose to go back to our old ways, do things our own way, not serve him, live under his will, he still comes up to the selling block, the moment where the enemy is screaming all the lies on your head and he says, I will pay the price again for you. No matter how many times you choose to walk away from God, he says, I will pay the price again for you. I will pay the price again for you. Tell me where in the world you will experience love like that. Nowhere else. I don't want us to breeze past this thing of being absolutely loved by God. Because here's what he's saying. Whatever the price, I'll pay it. You're now on the selling block. The enemy screaming, you are not worthy. 
How can God love someone like you when you did that thing? You are like this. Have you seen yourself recently? But God is standing there. And as much as the enemy might scream and yell, and he's saying to you, I will love you still. I will love you still. As we sit and ponder and dwell in God's love, it is from that place that we begin to love people. For we will never truly love them well if we don't understand how deeply we are loved by our Father. Trust me, this takes courage. But he knows your history far better than you. And he was willing to pay the price to get you back, even though you are already his. He's still saying, I will love you still. When the enemy is saying to you, in the midst of your pain, as you can imagine with Mike and Inga, God's love will take that pain away. God's love will begin to restore. God's love will begin to renew. God's love will bring back color in your eyes that you will begin to see people the way that God does. As we begin to do that, people begin to matter to us because they matter to him. But we need to sit, get lost in his love. We need to get lost in God's love. For it is from that place that we begin to love others. And as we continue to immerse ourselves in his love, the well will never run dry to love people. The well will never run dry. And trust me, stories of pain and brokenness aren't too far to find. Just look down on your own. But the thing that will catalyze us being whole, healthy, healed souls is God's love as we begin to love each other well. The world needs the church now more than ever. Listen to what 1 John says. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. Since God loved you that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, God lives in us. Take away love. If we love, I mean God, if we love each other, love lives in us. And his love is brought to full expression in us.
But if we love each other, God slash love lives in us. When God's love begins to indwell within us, we will love each other so much better. Because we love each other from the love that we experience from a very present God. From a very, very present God. The last time, uh, was it the last time? Whichever preach, I spoke about life groups. I want to make another point of push for life groups again because one of the best ways that we get to love each other is through community. And community happens, and as much as it happens like this, it's best worked in smaller groups. Here's how I know. So, and I'm going to bring to a close with this story. Um, around September last year, I kind of took over young adults, and obviously now you have to put together a leadership team. Like, I mean, you need people to help you uh, take the ministry to a whole nother level. And obviously, I was very like, Lord, I don't want to pick these people by myself. Like, I need your Holy Spirit to guide me and nudge me, send me in the right direction. So, and I can tell you right now, the people that are on that team, very much God picked those people. It wasn't me. And they are incredible people. The love that exists within that small crowd of people. I cannot tell you... Uh, where else to get love like that in my own life? Was that me? Uh, where I can get love like that in my own life? If you were to, any video where you see the young adults, oh my hat. Small community just choosing to love each other, not from their, our own state of brokenness, but from the wholeness of the love that we experience from God. It is the best place to be. We took big Church and made it small. In the same way that we take, so young adults has kind of grown from like 12 to 70, some, or 67 or something like that, which is phenomenal. But what we do is we take those big numbers and put people into smaller groups so they can begin to love each other better because it's hard to love everyone in a big group. But it's so much easier when we're in smaller groups. So life groups is where community and love begins to exist and you get to experience that. Otherwise, you can come to church and leave and never really experience God's love. Fully. <laughs> but life groups gives us the best chance to experience the love of God because we're in smaller pockets of community. So if you're not in a life group, the integration station is outside. Sign up. We want to get you plugged in. But here's my ask for this week. There's a song by Elevation that they released last week Friday, I think. It's called The One You Love. Do me a favor, go listen to that song the whole week. No other worship song, just that one. The whole week. Listen to the lyrics intently. And tell me if you don't feel loved by God by the end of the first listening of that song. And then once you feel loved, listen to it again. Just have that song on repeat. You will be in tears, guaranteed. <laughs> Estelle especially. <laughs> but church, friends, we will love people best when we love them from a point of view of being loved by God.
That's the best kind of love. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you are our Hosea. That when we were far from you, you brought us into your family. Even when we stray from you, even when we do things outside of your will, you still are there to love us. That you demonstrated your love for us in this, that you sent your one and only son, that whosoever should believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That as we immerse ourselves in your love, we we begin to love people at our best because we love them from the love that we get from you. And as we do that, we begin to see life in color. Help us this week to immerse ourselves in your love. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. We will see you outside. Tea and coffee. Prayer team is up front. Love you.